0: Welcome to the AK-47 Podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey, and today is International Women's Day. And I am hoping that all of you out there are finding a way to celebrate what is an incredible holiday. Actually, today is the 110th anniversary of the first International Women's Day, which was actually celebrated in 1911. After it was declared a holiday at the second International Congress of Socialist Women in Copenhagen in 1910, where both Clara Zetkin, the German social democrat, and Alexandra Kollontai were in attendance, and as you know, I am reading an essay from 1920, which Alexandra Kollontai wrote on the 10th anniversary of the establishment of International Women's Day. I'm reading the second half of this essay today. And um, before I jump into the reading of this wonderful piece reflecting on the importance of International Women's Day in Russia, as well as in Europe, I just wanted to alert you to a couple of events. Yesterday, the 7th, I did an event with the Democratic Socialists of America, together with three of my colleagues in Eastern Europe, I believe that event should be somewhere available online at the DSA Facebook page or website. I'm, I'm not 100% sure where it is, but hopefully it will be available. Uh, today, on the 8th of March in the evening, I am doing a special episode of The Jacobin Show with the journalist Megan Day and one of the editors, or two of the editors, from. The new Lux Magazine, which is a socialist feminist magazine. If you haven't already subscribed, I suggest that you check it out. Uh, You can type Lux Magazine Socialism into your Google search bar and you will find out information about this really exciting new publication. On the 9th, so Tuesday the 9th in the evening, I'm doing a guest lecture at the University of Kansas on the socialist history of International Women's Day. I believe you can still sign up for that lecture if you are interested in learning a little bit more about the origins, the socialist origins of International Women's Day, as well as the ways that socialist women's activism actually ended up kind of catalyzing women's rights and the women's movement in the United States during the Cold War. On March 17th, I am uh, moderating a discussion at the University of Pennsylvania with, again, three of my East European colleagues who are going to be talking about love and sex behind the Iron Curtain. You can find out information and sign up for that event on Eventbrite. Uh, I believe you just have to go to the Russian and East European Studies page on Eventbrite, and you will find the information for that event. So there's a lot going on this month. I've also recently written an article for Le Monde Diplomatique uh, on socialist women's activism at the United Nations. Hopefully that will appear soon. I will put a link to all of these events and the article once I have them in the show notes. So, I encourage you to check them out. Anyway, happy International Women's Day. Lots of flowers, lots of fists up in the air. I wish we could be together somehow to celebrate, but it's been one year, I guess, since the lockdowns began. Almost exactly one year ago, I was in the air on my way from Philadelphia to Wellington, New Zealand. It was actually quite interesting. I left Philadelphia on March 7th, and because of passing the dateline, I actually spent the entirety of March 8th in the air. Uh, I was not actually with feet on the ground for any of the 24 hours that constituted March 8th in 2020. But I had a wonderful week in Wellington for the New Zealand Festival of the Arts before returning to Philadelphia and immediately locking down because of the coronavirus pandemic when all of my classes at the University of Pennsylvania went suddenly online and, you know, we basically began what has been now a year of this global pandemic. But as the weather starts to get a bit warmer and the days get a little bit longer, I am really trying to keep my spirits up and hoping that with the vaccines and, you know, with people being careful and still wearing their masks and still taking care and social distancing, that Maybe by this summer, or hopefully by the fall, we will all be back to some kind of social life so that we can see our friends and our families uh, and our colleagues and travel and perhaps enjoy, you know, some of the wonderful human relations that we've all been missing for the last year. With that, happy International Women's Day. I'm going to read the second half of Alexandra Kollontai's 1920 essay, International Women's Day. This section of the essay is called Women Workers' Day During the Imperialist War. The First World War broke out. The working class in every country was covered with the blood of war. In 1915 and 1916, Working Women's Day abroad was a feeble affair. Left-wing socialist women who shared the views of the Russian Bolshevik Party tried to turn March 8th into a demonstration of working women against the war but those socialist party traitors in Germany and other countries would not allow the socialist women to organize gatherings. And the socialist women were refused passports to go to neutral countries where the working women wanted to hold international meetings and show that in spite of the desire of the bourgeoisie, the spirit of international solidarity lived on. In 1915, it was only in Norway that they managed to organize an international demonstration on Women's Day representatives from Russia and neutral countries attended. There could be no thought of organizing a Woman's Day in Russia, for here the power of Tsarism and the military machine was unbridled. Then came the great, great year of 1917. Hunger, cold, and trials of war broke the patience of the women workers and the peasant women of Russia. In 1917, on the 8th of March, the 23rd of February, On Working Women's Day, they came out boldly in the streets of Petrograd. The women, some were workers, some were wives of soldiers, demanded bread for our children and the return of our husbands from the trenches. At this decisive time, the protests of the working women posed such a threat that even the tsarist security forces did not dare take the usual measures against the rebels, but looked on in confusion at the stormy sea of the people's anger. The 1917 Working Women's Day has become memorable in history. On this day, the Russian women raised the torch of proletarian revolution and set the world on fire. The February Revolution marks its beginning from this day. Our call to battle. Working Women's Day was first organized 10 years ago in the campaign for the political equality of women and for the struggle for socialism. This aim has been achieved by the working-class women in Russia. In the Soviet Republic, the working women and peasants don't need to fight for the franchise or for civil rights. They have already won these rights. The Russian workers and the peasant women are equal citizens. In their hands is a powerful weapon to make the struggle for a better life easier, the right to vote, to take part in the Soviets and in all collective organizations." But our rights alone are not enough. We have to learn to make use of them. The right to vote is a weapon which we have to learn to master for our own benefit and for the good of the workers' republic. In the two years of Soviet power, life itself has not been absolutely changed. We are only in the process of struggling for communism, and we are surrounded by the world we have inherited from the dark and repressive past. The shackles of the family, of housework, of prostitution still weigh heavily on the working woman. Working women and peasant women can only rid themselves of this situation and achieve equality in life itself, and not just in law, if they put all their energies into making Russia a truly communist society. And to quicken this coming, we have first to put the Right, Russia's shattered economy. We must consider the solving of our two most immediate tasks, the creation of a well-organized and politically conscious labor force and the re-establishment of transport. If our army of labor works well, we shall soon have steam engines once more. The railways will begin to function. This means that the working men and women will get the bread and firewood they desperately need. Getting transport back to normal will speed up the victory of communism, and with the victory of communism will come the complete and fundamental equality of women. This is why the message of Working Women's Day must this year be working women, peasant women, mothers, wives, and sisters, all efforts to helping the workers and comrades in overcoming the chaos of the railways and reestablishing transport. Everyone in the struggle for bread and firewood and raw materials. Last year, the slogan of the day of working women was All to the victory of the Red Front. Now we call working women to rally their strength on a new bloodless front, the labor front. The Red Army defeated the external enemy because it was organized, disciplined, and ready for self-sacrifice. With organization, hard work, self-discipline, and self-sacrifice, the Workers' Republic will overcome the internal foe, the dislocation of transport and the economy, hunger, cold, and disease. Everyone to the victory on the bloodless labor front. Everyone to this victory. The new tasks of Working Women's Day. The October Revolution gave women equality with men as far as civil rights are concerned. The women of the Russian proletariat, who were not so long ago the most unfortunate and oppressed, are now in the Soviet Republic able to show with pride to comrades in other countries the path to political equality through the establishment of the dictatorship of the proletariat and Soviet power. The situation is very different in the capitalist countries, where women are still overworked and underprivileged. In these countries, the voice of the working woman is weak and lifeless. It is true that in various countries, in Norway, Australia, Finland, and in some of the states of North America, women have won civil rights even before the war. In Germany, after the Kaiser had been thrown out and a bourgeois republic established, Headed by the Compromisers, 36 women entered Parliament, but not a single communist. In 1919, in England, a woman was for the first time elected a member of Parliament. But who was she? A lady. That means a landowner, an aristocrat. In France, too, the question has been coming up lately of extending the franchise to women. But what use are these rights to working women in the framework of bourgeois parliaments? While the power is in the hands of the capitalists and property owners, no political rights will save the working woman from the traditional position of slavery in the home and society. The French bourgeoisie are ready to throw another sop to the working class. In the face of growing Bolshevik ideas amongst the proletariat, they are prepared to give women the vote. Mr. Bourgeois, sir, it is too late. After the experience of the Russian October Revolution, it is clear to every working woman in France, in England, and in other countries that only the dictatorship of the working class, only the power of the Soviets can guarantee complete and absolute equality. The ultimate victory of communism will tear down the century-old chains of repression and lack of rights. If the task of International Working Women's Day was earlier in the face of the supremacy of the bourgeois parliaments to fight for the right of women to vote, the working class now has a new task, to organize working women around the fighting slogans of the Third International. Instead of taking part in the working of the bourgeois parliament, listen to the call from Russia. And this is a quote that she embeds in her essay, working women of all countries "'Organize a united proletarian front in the struggle against those who are plundering the world. Down with the parliamentarism of the bourgeoisie, we welcome Soviet power. Away with inequalities suffered by the working men and women, we will fight with the workers for the triumph of world communism.'" This call was first heard amidst the trials of a new order, In the battles of civil war, it will be heard by and it will strike a chord in the hearts of working women of other countries. The working women will listen and believe this call to be right. Until recently, they thought that if they managed to send a few representatives to parliament, their lives would be easier and the oppression of capitalism more bearable. But now they know otherwise. Only the overthrow of capitalism and the establishment of Soviet power will save them from the world of suffering, humiliations, and inequality that makes the life of the working woman in the capitalist countries so hard. The Working Woman's Day turns from a day of struggle for the franchise into an international day of struggle for the full and absolute liberation of woman, which means a struggle for the victory of the Soviets and for communism down with the world of property and the power of capital, away with inequality, lack of rights, and the oppression of women, and the legacy of the bourgeois world, forward to the international unity of working women and men, workers in the struggle for the dictatorship of the proletariat, the proletariat of both sexes. All right, so that was... Alexandra Kollontai's 1920 essay on International Women's Day commemorating the 10th anniversary of the establishment of this holiday at the Second International Congress of Working Women in Copenhagen in 1910, where Alexandra Kollontai was a delegate for Tsarist Russia, and the initiative was spearheaded by Clara Zetkin, who was the German delegate representing the Social Democratic Party of Germany. So that's it for this episode. Once again, I want to wish everyone a happy International Women's Day. I hope you are all safe and well. And I want to thank you, as always, so much for listening to this show, for telling your friends about it, for rating it, for reviewing it, for talking about it, thinking about it, re-engaging with these incredible works of Alexandra Kollontai almost a hundred years or over a hundred years after they were written, and as always, keep up the good fight.